Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, and I'm a midwife at a busy birth center and a small home birth practice in Winchester, Virginia. I'm Meredith Rao. I'm also a midwife, and I also work at the home birth practice in Winchester, Virginia that is actually steadily growing. Growing. We're actually doing really great. I'm excited. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital, or at least in the hospital before coronavirus, and a birth assistant for the same said small out-of-hospital practice in Winchester, Virginia. I don't know how you get through that every time. I would fludge it up. See, fludge. I can't even (laughs) say my line. I feel like our intros need to be tightened. Like your like, vagina. Like my vagina. <laughs> I think your vagina is perfect the way it is. I have you felt my vagina? I yeah. have. Oh, that's right. We both have. You've both been inside of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> Welcome. Mine was purely in a professional sense of the word. Uh, so uh, was Jess's. <laughs> she learned to do a, a cervical exam on my vagina. Welcome mm-hmm. to um, having best friends who are birth workers. Yeah. Nothing is private. Mm-mm. No, and we haven't we haven't recorded in a month now because so we of, have a lot to because of the Rona. So no, here yeah. we are. It's been it's been interesting. Um, coronavirus and um, hey, here today comes a kid. we're talking about. Well, they're all coming. Listen, all every up. time we say. Next time we'll record in our office because then we'll be alone. We'll be alone, and then I think, oh, but the kids would have so much fun, and then you guys are like, okay. Well, she lured me here with promises of us laying out in the sun, which yeah. we're doing right now. Which we decided yeah. to do, but for a while they're like, we're not doing that. And I was like, uh, if we're not in the office, we're, we're definitely gonna sit in the sun. No, I haven't shaved in forever, but we're here sunning I am. real hard. I'm pretty sure I can beat you on that that one. And we yes. decided, since it's such a beautiful day, and we're sitting in the sun, and we're tanning ourselves, which is one of my favorite pastimes, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not on call, so I'm drinking a beautiful red wine that we got from uh, Gina, who was the sponsor of our Strep B episode, and 100% of profits from this wine go to charity. Yeah. And nice. Thanks, Gina. Sorry and I missed you the other day. I'm sorry that Terrence awkwardly kept trying to talk to you as you were trying to walk away from him. Clearly, we don't have a lot of people we talk to right now. (laughs) I don't think it was that awkward. I think you're probably exaggerating as you do. Terrence came in and was like, oh my God, I was so awkward. (laughs) Thanks, Terrence. He's like, I'm just not used to people dropping off wine on our porch. This is amazing. (laughs) I was like, that's not for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're welcome. That's the advantages of having a spouse who Mm -hmm. has a Wine About Birth podcast. Yeah, we just get to look at all the wine you don't get to drink. Exactly. So since we're really out of practice at this, we decided we, we've done some like serious episodes. We've released some serious episodes and we decided we wanted to do something that's kind of just like easy breezy where we can just talk back and forth and we can banter while we gloriously sunbathe ourselves and all of our unshaven <laughs> places. <laughs> all of our, <laughs> our winter bodies and jiggly glory. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about our favorite births. The things that happen at births that we as birth workers love to see that make a birth fun for us and just like, because, you know, we've been doing this a long time, but there's still times where you get to a birth and it's just like, oh my God, my heartstrings, I didn't know I had any more. <laughs> they were just pulled. Oh, I still cry all the time at births. I think you always will. I don't do that. Well, this episode was sprung upon me. So I, what I'm going to do is just kind of 
close my eyes and see what birth. <laughs> She's actually going to fall asleep. I'm going to do it. And then I'm just going to see what birth come to mind. I mean, there are a couple that like pop in yeah. for whatever reason. It doesn't mean like they're my favorite, right. but they're just, there have been moments that will always like stand out. Yeah. Stand yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll start with like one of my particularly favorite things. And I find that like, especially the people we work with, like moms and dads, tend to have like really great chemistry but every once in a while you get this couple that is just like yeah uh, power the, the best chemistry ever and yeah. you're just like and you oh, just like wonder it. if that same chemistry like filters into every aspect of their life or if that's just like powerful birth and pregnancy chemistry because i mean if that's their every day i know because Good birth night. chemistry can be like super like can really bring you together Mm -hmm. but i do find that there so i was thinking of birth that we did together where this couple there's like two of my three of us yes okay two of my favorite people and they just had all these moments i think like she was like such a powerful birthing goddess like she was like eight or nine centimeters i don't know who you're talking about but as you tell the story i'm gonna see and so she she gets into the tub at like eight or nine centimeters and they had this like just the best playlist playing and we kept like leaving the room to give them privacy because they were just in the tub the sun was like beaming over the water and and i just kept coming in and taking videos because they were just like as the contraction would start, she would like sink into his shoulder and he would just like rub her back rhythmically and the water was just like flowing. And I was like, I can't stop taking pictures of you guys. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Also, I feel like daytime births are an anomaly too. So like that energy and the opportunity for photos with daytime births are like one of the, like one of those favorite moments. You don't know who I'm talking about. Can you give us like... Not Can yet. Can you blink all the letters? All all a the births blink, we've done together where you took a million pictures. It's so far it's not There's sealing the deal for me. There's but go lot. ahead. Um Can you cover your mouth? Oh my god, yes. They were amazing. Yeah. I I did not hear you, but I did read your lips. Oh, okay. Good job. Thank you. Good you. Thanks. And that's why we're also videotaping. So we're hoping that whoever's watching this video can read our lips. You mean the one person that we're going to allow to see the video? Because the yeah. um, because <laughs> we decided to take our pants off. We're sending this out to you, Dana. So yeah, this is for you. Enjoy it. In all our bathing suit glory. Yeah. Um. But then there's like other times. I also would like to say now that I know what couple we're talking about, that's their everyday chemistry. That is their everyday. Oh they're amazing. Gosh. Yeah, they're, they're like so who great. you want to be when you grow up as a couple. When I'd see them in prenatals, I'd think, oh my god, marriages like this do exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the unicorn of all marriages. It is real. <laughs> no, I just love it. It's really good. They did them. have a really good playlist. Yeah. Um, and then I have I, a very different memory of that birth. It was still one of my favorites, but it was pretty intense. But in the moments leading up to that, it was very peaceful. Yeah. And so I guess it's like, it's not like, it doesn't have to be a whole birth. Like not everything has to be super peaceful. Yeah. But it's like, there can just be certain moments that kind of just get you every time, no matter how long you've been doing that. Another one that gets me is that, cause I do, especially for hospital clients, um, We'll spend a lot of the time like in late labor transition in the shower. Mm. So that's like a really intimate space because it's super tiny. You're all just shoved because into this bathroom. You don't have a choice. It has to be. Yep. Yep. It's super tiny. We have the door closed. The shower's running. Like usually dad's like using the shower head to like get her back and I'm like rubbing her and some of the craziest stuff happens. But I've also started to notice in that situation like 
specific moms as they're really laboring and you can tell things are going well I love the noises they start to make yeah. and the movements they start to make as you can tell like okay transition is happening mm-hmm. like this is good stuff have you ever like the, the moms who like move their legs like up and down like um it reminds like if they're standing yeah yeah they like do this it reminds me of when I watch like National Geographic yes. videos of yep. like even like elephants like birthing. the giraffes how yeah. they go back and forth they move their legs back and forth and it's like you can just see that collective oh Oh, yeah all the muscles start to ripple like up through their butt Mm -hmm. and sometimes though they're like if they're on their tippy toes they're clenching yeah you have to like make sure they can like relaxed but they're either like pacing into it or pacing away Away from from it it. but either way yeah then all the ripples are i'm like geez i just love watching that though because it's like you can see the like collective birthing knowledge that transcends not just like human women but but, like even just mammals in general like this is what this is what mammals do when they give birth and like it it works mm-hmm. most of the time and it's just such a powerful moment and usually at that time the mom starts making these really like low Primal. powerful noises and the dads are usually like so in awe of her like oh my god look at her and she's usually like gloriously naked in the shower with like water just glistening. running down her body yeah. also i feel like there's like an innate knowledge that like their partners have in that too because i feel like a lot of moms aren't verbal up until that point and then all of a sudden they're like really primal and verbal and the dads like never seem panicked or uncertain it's almost like they just know that that's like the sounds that they need to make because it's get not a scary it. sound no, no like, not at all it's a powerful it's like sound. a strong sound and yeah. i wish wow. i wish that even even couples that that we've served that are not in a good place that you know yeah. struggle day to day in that moment the men are so in awe mm-hmm. and I just wish they would keep that awe yes. you know like forever like, we should just them. like hold that over them for the rest <laughs> of their lives <laughs> like because mothering in general is so yeah. and breastfeeding like it all takes such power and strength but it's not as obvious to your partner as that moment where you're like pushing a life through your body. Like it's so amazing. Yeah. At that moment, it's very obvious to men like, wow, she is so powerful. And then it's like those small things we do every day, day in and day out. It's just like, yeah. Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. I'm just like envisioning Kim, like when she's having a really bad day with the kids and she needs Chuck to acknowledge that she's having a bad day. She's just going to be like, (laughs) like making primal noises in the kitchen, (laughs) like moving her legs. Like I don't make notice me and my power. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to be like, Oh shit. She's having a bad day. She'll be putting a tray of curly fries into the oven and like moving her legs up and down. Uh, galloping like a horse in front of the oven. <laughs> I'll, da, come, da, 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 I'll da. come over and I'll rub your butt. Yeah. I don't those make those awesome primal oven. sounds. I make cow sounds. Oh. I just sound like a dying I cow. I think the cow sound is as common as the primal sound. I kind of, I think they're similar. I think you definitely do make primal strong mm-hmm. sounds in labor. You would know. I know you try not. To, you try to be like, I'm gonna not make a I'm single sound silent. or need anything or do anything. I'm gonna go lock myself in this bathroom. <laughs> No, she doesn't do that. Oh, I do in the beginning. I start all my labors in the bathroom. Yeah. That, like, Evie's, you pulled me out. You banged on the door the third night I did it. And you were like, I'm calling the midwife. I'm calling Katrina right now. <laughs> did I call Katrina first or Nora? I don't know. But they both showed up at the same time. I don't remember either. I was I 12 weeks postpartum, so, so it's, a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a blur And I was nursing. a hot mess. <laughs> I was nursing your baby, trying to go into labor while you were doing acupuncture pressure or whatever on my ankle 
<laughs> Meanwhile, unbeknownst to you, I was absolutely not going into labor on purpose. <laughs> unbeknownst. Unbeknownst. To unbeknownst. You. I was probably the wrong word. Like it was, it was like a mix of like, two, like a moo point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's moo. <laughs> it took you so long to process that. <laughs> I knew it was moot point, but I make so many grammatical errors in my life that I thought for a second, have I been saying that the whole time and it's wrong? It's like no. meow. Meow. <laughs> like meow. I used to say windshield factor. And then my friend Lori, <laughs> when I was in high school, I was like, man, the windshield factor is like below 10 or 10 below or something. She was like, what did you say? The windshield factor. Oh. She's like, oh my God. Bert, she calls me Bert. Oh my God, Bert, you're an idiot. It's wind chill factor. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot more uh, sense. A lot more sense. It's kind of well, like oh. Jessica's Tundra, Ford Tundras. Yeah, well, well, meow is the time for you to watch more Friends, obviously. Because yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have um, TV growing up. It got I mean, turned off when I was in sixth grade, and I didn't have it again until I um, rented my own apartment when I was 20. Well, Friends has been on Netflix for like ever, so. You have no excuse. Okay, when do I watch TV? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Only when I, you're I don't watch that, TV. What's it called? Shit's Creek. I did manage to get that in. I haven't watched the last season of that. You have you to. Manage to get in and all the time. Ken. This Saturday, I do. <laughs> this Saturday, Nikki and I were supposed to go to the Shit's oh, Creek. Saturday. Yeah, it's coming. It's supposed to be coming, but I'm right. <sighs> um, all right, we have more, so we yeah, have some so more favorites. There's another. There's another birth. So Jess there's not a roll right now. I just let her keep sharing. Just go. Keep there's going. been other births. Well, you were at this birth, Meredith, and there are times where it's like the moms just don't need hand-on help yeah. at that moment, and so we as birth workers, because you know, like, are you stealing I'm, my story right no, now? No, I'm just st- I'm just starting into it so that you'll pick up on what I'm throwing down. She's stealing your she. story. It's fine. You can share. It. Excuse me while here. I put on my Dollar General well, hat. We're talking about the same one. She technically wasn't super in labor yet is that the one you're talking about or is yeah talking about different ones? yeah but there's been other ones that's a similar thing where it's like you're like trying to get labor started or they just don't they need some privacy and so we can retreat to like another bedroom and have like <laughs> it's it's so much fun it's like we can have like a little sleepover party to ourselves because yeah. even though we're working we're technically just like besties hanging out having a sleepover yeah so there was one and and Kim doesn't do this because I was gonna say. I mean, I love Kim. And it's better when we're all three together. But if Kim was there, the dynamic would have been completely Negatory different. Good she would have been like, "I'll go to the couch downstairs." While I'll you be guys. next door, or uh, she would have been yelling at us to go to sleep because we were probably gonna have to deliver a baby that day. Stop talking. Stop giggling. <laughs> no, we could. That time I slept I on the floor to get away from you guys, all I could hear was. <laughs> and that's what happens because we were like <laughs> like children at this birth we were doing. <laughs> Well, that was another one of my favorites. The yeah, one where was Kim was rolled up in the carpet by the space heater on the floor. And <laughs> I wasn't cold. And Jess and I had this beautiful bed to ourselves. Yeah. and sp- <laughs> Very much to yourself. But at this other birth, like, me and Meredith are, like, in the guest bedroom. And we're just, like, we're, like, we should really go to sleep because who knows how long we'll be here. But we just couldn't stop laughing and giggling. It's, like, four in the morning. Yeah, and we're just like, bad. And I, would like, swear that they could hear us, too. So I was, like, we have to stop so we don't keep this poor mom awake because she needs to be sleeping so she have her baby I in felt the like a 10-year-old at a sleepover. Amazing! It was like so probably one of my fun. favorite memories, and I like I very strongly remember. So we like left that morning to go get breakfast in Front Royal, 
and we're because I knew I was going to be back there in a couple hours anyway so like it was just enough time to like go get breakfast and head back yeah so we go get breakfast and I just remember sitting in the restaurant like guzzling coffee and staring at Jess and being like why did we do that to ourselves <laughs> because like we could have been up all the next night too for all we knew but we weren't we were I think we knew that I was going to go fast when it actually started oh, so God, it was yeah, fine we knew she I mean, was she was, like, she was a mall tip like yeah she was a mall tip we knew once it kicked it it was going to be on like Donkey Kong I just remember sitting in the cafe being like we could have slept last night like what were we thinking <laughs> Who needs sleep when you have camaraderie? I think the, literally the sun was coming up I when do. we finally were like, we have to stop. <laughs> I do. Dogging. I need sleep. Yeah, you I look so absurd right now. I can't even handle yeah, you. But you know what else I love when it happens better. at a birth? You know when we're at a birth and it's like, especially if we've had a couple births in a row where things have been not so easy or great. And then we get to another birth and it's like we roll up to the birth center and you can feel that things are going well, but you yeah, still have you that can't thing trust where it's it like, yet. <laughs> I can't trust it until the baby and the placenta yeah. are out and yeah. everything. Yep. And so I remember one birth that we had had a couple in a row where it was just like shit's Creek. And um, so I come, I roll in with this mom who's our mutual client to the birth center and she gets in the birth tub and we start to hear, (laughs) and me and Kim both look at each other and we're like, we're like, great. She has a lip. She's only two centimeters. Don't acknowledge it. Don't acknowledge that it's happening. Don't look at her. (laughs) If you acknowledge that it's happening, it won't be real Yeah, because she was a first time mom too. And the other births that we had just had were just. Oh my God, so awful. But then when that continues and you can still tell that it's like, okay, we didn't have to do anything. She's just like, she's rocking it and she's complete and she's pushing it. And then you actually start to see the baby's head. It's not like, okay, we're, fe- we're hearing a push and then it goes four on for like hours four later. hours later. Yeah. Like, and we're still sounding pushy and nothing's they're, happened. They're like pushing, but there's not a ton of force behind it. So you're like, oh, is this real? Oh, I don't oh know. And then that, and that, at that birth, the baby actually did come out like within like 20 minutes. Amazing. And we were like, hallelujah. Yeah. Wait, the, that's hallelujah. You, just, you need that after a couple of traumatic experiences. And I find that that's what happens is that we'll get like a stream of like trauma. Yeah. And then we'll get a few good ones in a row that, to remind us to why remind we, us that this is all normal. Why we do birth work. Yeah. I had that. Ex- I've had like the opposite. So like my first client ever on my own was a primip and a friend of mine, and she lived like a solid hour and fifteen minutes away. And they call me that she's in labor at like I don't know, like dinner time maybe. And I was like, okay, well, like get a good meal in, like go to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> just and kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, forty-five minutes later, he texts me. He's like, "Hey, she's like really. It's every like three or four minutes. Like she's in a lot of discomfort." And I was like, "Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'll just come sleep on your couch. Not a big deal." But I mean, like me, I was like, "I'm gonna stop at Walmart and get your hose for your birth tub because we don't even have that yet because she was also only 38, 39 weeks and she was a primate, so like we just weren't ready. You weren't." We're expecting it to happen that soon. And, uh, and so I like take my sweet time getting down there. And he's like texting me like, oh, yeah, things are intensifying. I was like, OK, so I like did I even call you. I don't think I called you until I got there. I think You're thinking so. that's adorable. I know. Right. I was like, that's cute. I was like, that's fine. I'll just sleep on their couch. It'll be fine. And I roll up and she's like complete. That's right. <laughs> and I called Jess. Hey, hey. Jess, get her right now. Mayday. I made it. It was amazing. It yeah. was like so. Like, Jess can arrive at a birth from from. I don't know. From like. Antarctica in 30 minutes. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's well, magical. It's, a magical it's so thing. odd because it takes me freaking forever to get anywhere in my life except a birth. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to like focus on one thing, I'd say that's the thing to focus on to yeah. be on time for. But yeah, I mean, like those births are just like so 
so unexpected and so magical. Not because like, not because that they're any better than other ones. It's just kind of like sometimes we need that reminder as birth workers. It's like, oh, it can't just be that easy. Things sometimes. can just go well sometimes. Yeah. Yes, I love that. One of my favorite births that I ever did was actually when I was still a student down in Harrisonburg. And it was a Mennonite mom and she comes in and I don't think she'd been in labor super long, but she was a multi, but I mean, I only think she'd been in labor for like a couple hours. So she comes in and she like gets in the tub and she's probably only in the tub for like 20 minutes. And like, she's not even making, she's not making any noises at all to indicate where she's at. Like her pushing was those aren't, those make the birth, that makes the birth impossible to judge. judge. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, we realized in hindsight that she had been pushing, but like, it was literally just like her, holding her breath for like one second but there's no like effort behind it yeah and so we kind of knew it was coming so like I'm pretty sure I'm trying to remember how it was so like the midwife was at her head I was on her side and she was in a position where the best place to see the baby come out would have been the back but none of us thought it was like at that point yet so we weren't really focused on the baby coming out and then um another midwife was sitting on the bed like she wasn't even like there at the side of the tub waiting because we didn't seem like it was time yet and then all of a sudden (laughs) The mom goes, it's out. And I look down and it's there's out. a baby just floating in the tub. And we're just like, oh. And so we just grab it and scoop it up and bring it up. I like how you did that in a country accent. It's oh, yeah. out. I mean, it was the Mennonite. Do you it was know who else right that happened to? The very Gina who bought us this bottle oh, really? of wine. Aww, I don't know how awesome. long her baby laid at the bottom of her <laughs> tub. <laughs> before someone grabbed it it was probably like two seconds but it feels like forever when you're she like oh my like, gosh there's a baby in the she's tub. like so chill like boop. yeah were you but, at her last birth i don't you i don't mm, how many times how many i don't know how many noises how many, i can make to that yeah, response but because i was at um her not her last birth but and not her birth with phoebe i was at max's birth okay now i think i was at her last birth okay and the baby just was like Just I looked there. in and I was like, whoa, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> there's a baby down there. I loved her birth <laughs> because the, that was the first time that I videotaped with a GoPro under the water. Oh, cool, oh, neat. And so you could see like the whole like crowning and everything, and like then we came out of the water as the baby came. That was that that's was so a great cool. Birth. I've never even thought yeah. about that awesome. before. Really awesome. I'm realizing how much of a novelty these births actually feel like as we're talking about them. Because like we keep talking about these like fast easy ones they're like god is that our lives as bird workers when those are like because we novelty we do get those quite a bit but i feel like it's like the harder ones tend to stick with you longer but but i do feel like we actually have more births that are like that Mm -hmm. than births that are difficult yeah it's just you never know when that when that flip is gonna switch the switch is gonna flip wow there's, um, a, there's a disorder where that you do that. Flip is going to switch. Where you just like switch your words up all the time. You know oh. what? You know what births I also love? I love births where I'm the doula and Kim is the midwife. And I'm like trying to decide within myself whether it's active enough to, <laughs> to go. call me. To the center or call Kim. <laughs> and something inside my gut, even though there's not all those outward signs, is telling me like, I really think it's about time. And then <laughs> Kim gets not- there and she's like, what the? <laughs> you almost said it. And then I'm like, and then and then I'm right. And then I can be like, ha ha ha. I told in you. the corner. I was right. <laughs> I don't know why we're I don't know why you're still my friend. <laughs> I don't second guess Jess. I love you. I don't either. So Every once in a while, I second guess myself. But whenever I second guess myself, I always say it this way. I'll be like, 
So part of me is <laughs> Listen, thinking. Listen, here's my rule. If it's you early labor and nothing's happening. And the other part of me is thinking she's about to push her baby out. And I don't know which and one you to get choose. The, you get to decide which one you want it to usually, be, <laughs> It's usually the latter. And if you call me. You know. I know it's yeah. time to go. Whereas if you yeah. just text me, of course, in the middle of the night, it's different. But yeah. But you always are like, hey, hi, yeah. hi. And then I think back on it and I'm like, I'm so mean every time Jess calls <laughs> me. <not>. What? <laughs> what do you want? Can't you just deliver that baby on your Jesus, own? Jesus, aren't you a midwife by now? My I kid. called her the other day because my phone was broken, but I could like, part of my screen was broken, but I could hit call, but I couldn't text. <laughs> And so I call her and she goes, are you calling me on purpose? Are you, is this on purpose? Are you, but, is <laughs> your butt calling me? the worst. <laughs> are you butt dialing me? Or yes, is this I am calling you Because you purpose. only call me if like someone has died. Yeah. Or yeah. a baby is in labor. Or a baby is coming into the world. You literally never call me ever. So we were on call. That's butt. so funny because I call yeah. both of you guys all the time. You do. You're a caller. You're I'm a, a caller. I'm, I'm yeah. also not a caller. So, um. One of the births that I will remember forever and ever go along with like what you said as a student. Yeah. So we had a class and in this class, she had just given this big speech about my teacher about how sometimes your job as a midwife, your only job is to hold the space. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. As a doula too. Right. You don't have to say anything. And when I worked in Clearwater, I got my lesson in not using my words with all of the Scientology births. So that was super interesting and yeah. i learned so much we could I'm do like, like a whole episode on oh my that. gosh on nonverbal communication or and respecting like different that. people's cultures mm-hmm. across births which mm-hmm. needs to happen a lot right yeah. now in yeah. this horrible time that we're in but um so we had just gotten this speech about like sometimes your only job is just protect the space yeah. you have to protect the space so katrina and i my partner in crime um we got called because we were always either midwife um, assistant or assistant midwife. Like we switched back and forth because Nora, as I said before, was a kick-ass preceptor and she had total trust in us and just let us do our own thing until she felt like she needed to step in. So she just kind of sat back in the corner and it was this amazing mom. She was so tall and so beautiful and she came to the center and then they sat down and had a candlelit dinner and she was just, and we, she had been checked. She was six centimeters. Like, yeah. We knew she was progressing and then she was eight centimeters and she was still laughing. Like, and then she said, and I quote, I just feel guilty. Aren't most moms in horrible pain by now? And I'm like, don't, don't jinx yourself. Don't stunt it. So she finally felt some bit of discomfort when she started pushing. Up until then, she was just beautiful and pacing. And she had this beautiful black hair. And she was just so tall. And she had her bathing suit on. And mm. I just remember thinking, is this is this what birth can actually yeah. be like? It really you know? can. It can yeah. Be, yeah. So she gets in the tub. And she starts to push. And Katrina and I had had this conversation of like, is it hippie to think we can protect the space? Or do you want to give it a go? And we're like, let's give it a go. And this is forever ago so we lean into the birth tub together and we're and we block the whole space with our elbows it's like we're blocking her whole area so that the actual paid nurse assistant couldn't get in and so that Nora didn't come in Nora would never have come in anyway but we were just there you know just, just holding the space, her space blocking the area and it was beautiful she just she pushes the baby out and the baby was fully in the call fully in the car in the water so so both of us and nora had slowly crept like crept up behind us like a good preceptor and was watching to make sure that nothing happened like to make hold on she my son is literally interrupting this amazing she might be stuck in a story 
I don't care. <laughs> I feel like there's enough people there that they can figure it out. I'm going to keep telling this story while Jessica goes and saves my daughter who somehow got her damn head stuck in a tent. It's actually, actually happening. Really, oh, her butt looks so good. While We're she's watching running. her run away in her bathing suit. It's in very. Gravel. It's a lot. It's very jiggly. They watch it, baby. Yes. Slower, slow motion. <laughs> she's actually stuck in that tent. She is. Stuck. I yeah, can't. It's actually really fun to watch. How do our kids even make it? I don't know. Because of Jess. Ugh. Where was I? Um, call baby and your pediatrician. Okay. So the baby started coming out, and it was the first baby I had ever seen in the call. Like this was kind of midway through my my student. I can't focus. <laughs> I know. Now we get to see it from the front. It's amazing. Now Jess is running back in slow motion. You're I think that's her going fast, actually. I think she, she is. I she think he just offended her because she was actually running. Your boobs look amazing. Also, your ab tan is on point. Seriously. You look like you airbrushed that. You've convinced um, me I need a spray tan for like, abs. Are those ab lines? <laughs> no, that's where my fat rolls get weird. It's like those. It's like, it looks like abs. It's amazing. Like the fat rednecks that push their gut <laughs> yeah. through the cattle fence. No, it looks like when, what was it on the lip sync battle? What's his oh. face's wife where he, she was like oh. going against her husband. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum's oh, wife. Yeah. And she had spray painted uh-huh. her abs. That's what my fat lines look like. even like more convincing. That's you had a breath from that 50-yard jog. She was breath. sucking it in, too. She had to look good for us. So I was, <laughs> I was thinking about, <laughs> what? I was so nervous about getting back to recording. I didn't Did you even, finish? No, no, I couldn't I focus when you were all well, you were all bay watching it over there, like Aww. slow motion running. I was like, let stop for the boobs. <laughs> I love that we check <laughs> each other out so much. It's so sweet. Say, okay, friends. keep telling your story about Nora. Okay, okay. So Nora had slowly just kind of crept up behind us, but we were so blown away. This baby came out and the whole body came out, and the body was just like completely surrounded by the call and it looked like a crystal ball yeah, and so I just God. my mind is like completely blown the lights from the overhead lights from the tub were like glistening off oh of the, the bag somehow through the water and it was just like surrounded by a rainbow and it was all crystal and we just could not like I couldn't believe it I was like oh my god this is the most beautiful thing I've literally ever seen in my life and at that point the body had like completely come out but the membranes had just surrounded around the baby so and so the baby was like slowly turning in this crystal ball I don't know how long I'm all I can think is the lab right I'm just like (laughs) imagining like so, David but, Bowie, like I know down. the oh. labyrinth. So I don't know how long <laughs> I looked at this, or Katrina and I were just like, just blown away by the beauty. It's probably for like two seconds, birth. and then finally Nora, who had like I said, slowly crept up behind us, was was hovering over us, and she goes. Um, are you going to get that? Or when are you going to get that or <laughs> or what? And it was like we both snapped You're into in it. You're in a I trance. Like, oh, my God. So I reached down. One of us reached down. I honestly don't remember which one of us reached down and pulled the baby up and like remove the call but it was just the most beautiful thing I had and to this day the most beautiful thing I had ever ever seen and we just protected the space we didn't do anything yeah. we didn't do perineal support mm-hmm. we did nothing we just slowly talked to the mom mm-hmm. and then Nora allowed that to happen and she I don't know but between us it just ugh. I don't know if the mom felt it was that amazing because she had but to you guys push the baby really out, felt like you protected that space and yeah was, and so then later we were laughing that, so you took all the credit Oh, no. <laughs> no <I'm just> <laughs> I did not. But Katrina and I are like, she's like me. We're like, 
protect that. Please, that's protect bullshit. That that's some hippie nah. shit. Touch, no, touch everything. It's touch so everything. So we talked r- about it later, and I was like, oh my god, it works. So of course we're like jumping up and down, and we're hugging each other like we had just solved the world's biggest mystery. Like <laughs> it works. <laughs> we didn't have to do anything. So then we went to school the next week, and we had to tell the whole story to the class in slow motion. Now every time we have a hard birth, I'm just gonna lock elbows with you and surround the yeah. birth tub and just think, like hope that our juju Prote- just yes. like protects the space. Well, you're a Jew, but I'm not. So it'd be like a Jew German. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe our Jew German would protect the when the Jew whole lot German of Jew when the Jew Germans come together when the when the Jew Jew happens, all the world peace is acquired. Um, and that's gonna no, be my next. Shirt. I'm gonna have to yeah. Urban Dictionary that after this episode because I have a feeling that word exists and it's not pleasant. Um, Bring the Jew Jew. But I do. That is definitely a real thing because there's been so many times where me as a doula, I have clients who are just like totally rocking it, and me as a doula, like sometimes it's birth orders. I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. But after that big save you just made, your special daughter's hair is oh, now They're doing cut it on in purpose. the zipper. She zipped. She's gonna have to. You're wait. gonna have to figure it out on your own this time. She's gonna this have to wait called, one minute. This is called natural selection, <laughs> and why some animals don't make it to adulthood. Okay. She figured it out. Now there's so there's so many times where I'll have clients, and you know, as a birth worker, you do feel like you're necessary at those births where like you actively have to do something. But there's so many births where I'm like, the mom is just totally rocking it, and I feel like, okay, yeah. there's no reason for me to be here. I'm doing absolutely nothing but standing here and smiling and saying good job every once in a while. Yeah. And then the moms will be like. Oh my God! You did so much. I could have not done that without, that without you. Yeah, yeah. I would never uh, give birth without you. I have a mom that has babies so fast. I literally missed every single one of her births, and she still cries every time she sees me. I because I it's just you empowered her early on yes. to feel like she could do that for herself. You you bring you bring that knowledge that I can do this, and you just support them. Yeah. Um, well, it's the protecting of the space. One like, of our moms mm-hmm. that we have right now. I missed her last birth. And it was, and she blamed me. She said, you made me feel so so empowered. I just didn't think I needed anyone in that moment. And then, oops. And I was like, but that's what we like to hear. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel like you don't need someone, then. Our favorite births are the ones that we, I guess not favorite, but the births that make us feel like we're doing our job the best is when we don't have to do anything. So Emily, the other day, we had a birth. Um. Hey Emily, we love you so much. Love you. She is an she is a, a new doula in the world of birth, but she just has she has that present caring it. person. Yeah, so she just has it. So I know that once that like knowledge and education and that experience is there, she's going to be your rival. Yeah. So yeah. watch out. Well, I mean, <laughs> you guys are going to baby be working. Together, I'm meeting so. with her tomorrow. We might oh, team sweet. up. So. We'll just team it up and we'll take it on. Yeah. So she had a mom the other day. It was one of our clients and the mom didn't need her. And this was a hard lesson for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I learned it during the Scientology birth. Some moms, you really don't have to talk or do yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. But I explained to her, like, the hardest births are the ones that you just sit on your hands because you feel useless, but your presence is enough. So days, for days after this birth, she didn't do anything besides kneel beside the tub and give, like, you know, verbal encouragement. And Emily should probably beat her up, herself up of so Of course she did. Much. Oh, my gosh. I, feel I didn't like do anything. I didn't do anything. I don't know. I don't know what to do, Kimberly. Do I just refund her money? Do I just, I'm like, did you go? 
Were you available? Were you on call? No, you don't. You just, they, she didn't need you in the way that you would have needed someone, but you were there. You were leaning over. You witnessed the birth. You supported her the whole and way. And quiet confidence actually helps their birth go better. Right. Mm-hmm. And she did. She just kneeled with her little hands tucked between her knees. Just mm, beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm like, that's all people need sometimes. Yeah, just holding space. But it does make a difference. It does. And it's hard for those of us like myself who can't shut the hell up. Yeah, like Like, me pacing in the background. Yes. Now I've learned. Just like doing this never trying to like not get in the way, but also can't keep my body still. You look like a mating bird when you do that. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely learned to not talk, but I will rearrange a pair of gloves 14 times in two minutes. And I can feel that energy in myself. I'm like, you need to calm the fuck down because like, even though you're not saying anything right now, you are like getting shit done and you need to just like be still yeah, so just I'll, like, chill out stop just moving. for a moment like so hard still. like I, it stood out to me a lot at the birth that we did together recently where there was that awesome playlist so jess was like vibing so hard oh the grateful birth. dead yeah oh and the my mom, god like, that didn't birth need anything. was fantastic she had an amazing friend with her who was like just holding her hand the whole time and doing everything so we were just there and just we like, had to do a little bit of rubbing but yeah yeah we, but mean, you we were there like, as the assistant so i was the, the assistant is, not the doula though, she walked in the door and took over she did what you I said know. earlier so well, i literally she just, says that it's not true no it's so it was so true it was like even more apparent this time so i wrote that back in there i was just doing my job what did i say that's what happens with a good doula yeah so like she was just sitting next to the tub like like vibing out to the music and just feeling it and i could feel that energy build whereas i was like uh uh uh, gotta do stuff and so I was like walking around rearranging things and moving the chart every five seconds that's what I do You're oh my gosh so harsh and I love it down and up and down, down. <laughs> stop doing things <laughs> it was so funny that I was just like I'm just gonna stay here and listen to the music and then I did and it was amazing oh that music was so glorious <laughs> so good I felt like all the hippies of the world were just like coming together and our energies were combining yeah. for the baby to come out well this has been going really well, but it's time for us to go to our break. And then also the kids are in crisis. Again, yeah, I think so. that we've passed enough time that Ooh, and I have two others that just came to mind. So when um, we come back, when I we come back, them. we can tell those real quick. And then we're going to do our birth story of the week, which just so happens to be one of my favorite births that I've attended. Nice. Well, wouldn't you know? Looky there. Looky Imagine there. that. We don't even plan these things. Let's go to break. I'm, I'm burnt. My butt, by the way. On this Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is once again, our Teespring shop. Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, We will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring. And we are really trying to raise money in order to get a professional to add closed captions to our YouTube videos so that the deaf community can enjoy our podcast as much as the hearing community. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. Welcome back from that delightful break. <laughs> We're wearing shirts and no pants now. <laughs> Girl, if I, I literally never wear pants. I can't remember the last time I wore pants in my own house when there wasn't somebody else in, home. It invites sexual touch if I don't have pants on. See, I'm home by myself all the time, though, so it's delightful. It invites sexual touch. Not that touch. I don't want to occasionally be touched sexually, but if I didn't have pants on, 
I'd be walking around with Chuck's hand attached to my butt. It At all times. Like mm-hmm. It would just be like a little bongo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our neighbor had to start putting her curtain down in her house because I just walked around naked. But I was like, I'm not going to stop. So you can decide what you want to do about it. But it bother me. So if it bothers you, that's your problem. I think she tried to bring it up to Terrence once, too. And Terrence was like. Whatever. <laughs> I told you guys, Matthew, I think okay, it was in the news that Matthew McConaughey was arrested for playing the bongos naked in his apartment. Because Who would do that? First of all, someone that has really bad body dysmorphia and looks at Matthew McConaughey and is desperately If jealous. Matthew McConaughey was number one, my neighbor, <laughs> number, two and number two was playing bond- bongos in the nude, I would not work. I would not do. I would literally sit at my window. I would just drink wine and watch him. With popcorn. <laughs> you would, would you start a blog? Watch him constantly. Yes. An ongoing blog of Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yeah. No, like, it would just be of Jess's like, reactions to him this doing. This is the way that Matthew McConaughey's penis bounced to this song. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, It's all shockingly right. rhythmical. <laughs> not for time's sake, we do have to move on we're realizing we need to do an episode like this more regularly yeah. so we can just we hang can just out and talk going. about the things on, that we yeah. love yeah so we're gonna move on to our birth story of the week which happens to be one of my favorite births um so i'm gonna say from my point of view what i saw and then i'll read her birth story and i'll add in my stuff oh, cool. as it goes yeah. along um so this mom um hired me she already had three kids her family was almost full and they decided to have one more child (laughs) and then they moved in the middle of their pregnancy so this is a mom who has given birth a lot she's had out of hospital births she knows what she's doing all of her births were those births that people want like the fast easy unless you have a fast birth and they're like i don't know if i want that again well yeah well she well let's just say she was good at birthing like her baby's They just came out Mm -hmm. um, quickly. And so she moved halfway through her pregnancy, and then she found out she was pregnant with twins. And so she reached out to me because the only person she could find to deliver her twins at that time um, was a midwife who was a little over an hour away. And so she wanted to have someone that was a little bit closer that could come support her. her. Possibly. Because she wanted a home birth. Mm-hmm. For her twins. Yep. And we couldn't do that at Premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, she wanted someone that was a little closer that could come support her um, in the meantime between the midwives coming because she knew she had a history of very fast births. And so I'm like sitting there. It's one of those births where I'm like, this mom doesn't need me at all. Like, yeah. um, also, I can't even imagine, like, do I call? Like, what do I call? <laughs> like, it's a twin birth for a really fast mom. That'd be yeah. a hard call. But I, I, like, love her. She homeschools all of her children. Just, like, one of those moms that's, like, you're... you're she's, she's a saint, then. No, she's not a saint. She's a normal human being, but she's, like, one of those people that's, like, it's your people. It's, like, okay. Gotcha. I see. Other than the fact that she has so many kids, because I'm not... I can't get into that, but I'm in the <laughs> homeschooling. I support other people who want to. Me, that's not my jam. Not so much. Um, yeah, so I, I felt like we really clicked, and then things were not going the way they're supposed to so i'm going to start reading her story because we were just thinking like oh baby's gonna come out um then it's gonna happen it's gonna be fast then you throw another one in the mix and who knows yeah so she she gave a little bit of a paragraph about her background she said so hi i'm crystal i married my super amazing husband john in december 2008 while we were both still in college since graduated started jobs lived in five different houses three different cities have built a family together 
When talking about children, John and I knew we wanted to have our babies close together. Our firstborn, Ian, came in 2012 very quickly. Naomi followed in September 2013. And Abigail in November 2015. We Good night. Yep, so they had their three <laughs> babies really close together. We couldn't leave Abigail alone, so we decided to try for one more baby. At the time... Uh, we were living in Austin, Texas, and far away from family. In October 2016, we decided to move to Winchester, Virginia. In April 2017, to be near John's mom and cousins. In December, I found out I was pregnant with an August 15th due date. This would allow us to move during the second trimester when things aren't as crazy. After all, the previous pregnancies has proved to be mostly routine, and the three births roughly the same. I had fast labors, small babies, and always made it to the birth center's tub in time for three water births. This would be Barely. the same, right? <laughs> we could handle a move during the second trimester. <laughs> with three children. Well, the universe is probably going to try and mess with you, my friend. At 21, week, 21 weeks, three weeks before our move, we took the whole family to the routine anatomy ultrasound. The older children were excited to see the new baby. I got comfortable. The tech began her work. Her exact words are rather hazy, but she asked us if we knew that there were two babies. Had she, sorry, you just to clarify, had she gotten any, she hadn't gotten any care at that point? So, like, no, no one was I, measuring her fun to height? I think she had, but she hadn't had They just hadn't had their ultrasound yet. Oh, okay. Yep. So, two babies. No, they had no idea. Not a clue. Doesn't run in the family. Looking back, I had extra fatigue and began showing rather quickly. Things I attributed to this being my fourth pregnancy. This was the first and last time we ever saw their heads together on an ultrasound. Even two days later, baby A had flipped around. Things changed after that. Many, many things. Most of my careful planning flew out the window. I could no longer go to my intended birth center as they don't deliver twins. So that was probably you. There were no other midwives in Winchester who would take that risk. I began care in Winchester at an OB office. Ironically, I'd never seen an OB before, even though this was my fourth pregnancy. What questions do I ask? What are normal procedures? How would I be cared for? I quickly discovered a clinical standardized model of care that was drastically different than my previous experiences. What an interesting perspective. Like not knowing what questions to ask to an OB office versus the out of hospital because midwife. Because she's given birth so That's many times. So I've seen, never thought about that before. Do at home or that do OB. Yeah. In, mm -hmm. But not. No yeah. The other That's way. so interesting. Yep. I found that after three birth center births with a midwifery model of care, I could not stand going to an OB. Not when I knew how personal and intentional prenatal care could be. I did try. I had a few prenatal visits, but it did not work. I knew it was not a good situation when I would leave crying and did not want to go to an appointment without my husband. I began my search anew. Originally, I had crossed Brookhaven off my list since they were so far south. However, they were the closest place that would accept twins. I attended a tour and felt like I was coming home, especially after visiting the doctor's office. I told her about them, I think, right away. Yeah, it probably seemed like it was, was so... Like, nope, too far. Because she has such fast births. Yep. Um, they were not only excited about twins, but eager to work with me. Since my labor pattern involved extremely short labors, I knew I wouldn't be able to make it the hourish drive to the birth center, so we decided on a home birth. This pregnancy was fraught with some minor and major issues. I failed the first gestational diabetes test, necessitating the longer test, which I passed. All the ultrasounds were showing baby B head down and baby A breech, which is not ideal for a vaginal delivery. I was GBS positive. My pubic symphysis was wreaking havoc on my entire pelvic region. As the end approached, I was done carrying the twins, both emotion emotionally and physically. 
My feet began swelling. I could not roll over in bed. I could barely walk up the stairs. I had heartburn. I had Braxton Hicks contractions for the first time. Sleep was a thing of the past. We kept trying to get baby A to flip. The mental stress due to the uncertainty of childbirth was doing me in. It was very tough. Okay. So Thursday, July 27th at 37 weeks and two days, I woke up feeling physically out of sorts. There was no clear labor pattern, but something was happening. Since I had an appointment later that day, I called to see if I could head down there early and spend the day hanging out at the birth center. They encouraged me to come whenever I wanted. The older three were being well taken care of by their Grammy, so John and I left for the day. 11 a.m., I arrived at the birth center and Misty checked me. She found that I was six centimeters dilated. Oh! She fast births. Yeah. And very soft. She could feel the bag of waters and she could feel a foot. Mm. Of all the presentations for a breech baby, a footling baby A breech carries the most risk. We collectively made the decision to continue to attempt to turn baby A until 3 p.m., and then make the call to go to the hospital for a C-section. The uncertainty, my history of fast labors, and my worn-out body made it clear that the babies needed to come out today one way or the other. 3 p.m., baby A was still breech. The agonizing decision that had been put off for weeks and hours was made. I would transfer to Winchester Medical Center for a C-section with the hospitalist OB. So wait, they were going to go all the way back up they to Winchester? An hour. That is yep. an hour drive. But it's worth it because yeah. they knew they would probably be received better than yeah. at an RMH. My doula, Jessica, that's me, would that's be my I support. have so many questions about this situation. Was it because of the doctor on call at Winchester was more amiable that, to the idea? No, I think that they just wanted to transfer to their hospital that was closer to closer home. Closer to home. Because of the kids and everything. Okay. Um. My doula Jess would be my support person, so Misty would stay in Harrisonburg as only one other person can be in the OR with me. Gut-wrenching sobs ran through me as this was not what I wanted. But I, I bet Misty to this day regrets not going. I think she might have been at another birth as well. Okay. I'm pretty sure there was someone else I at the center. I would have made the same decision as yeah. Misty, but I'm saying then later I'd be like, damn it. Um... So gut-wrenching sobs ran through me as this was not what I wanted. And I know she said not only because she didn't want a C-section, she knew she could give birth, but also because she knew with how she had three young children how hard it was going to be for her to recover. Yeah. But I've always said that hospitals are there for a reason, and it was time for me to put my words into action. 6.30 p.m. Wow. So accountable, too. Like, that's just amazing. major traffic delays, which I will attest to that. This was one of those days. 81, get your ish together. This was one of those days where there was a ridiculous accident on 81. I had to take all back roads to the hospital. How did she even... So at this was point, yeah, was she, she contracting? Remember, was she she contra- wasn't contracting. No, okay. she was six centimeters dilated, but, but she was not, not contracting. contracting. She oh, felt okay. like she was like early-ish, like things were going on. Okay. but they knew if she kicked over into labor, it was going to be that like take some of the stress out. I'm envisioning her no. like hardly. I still would be like, we're gonna have a, <laughs> we might have a car birth with twins. <laughs> yeah, no, and and we knew if she started contracting that. Sorry, it would go. It was gonna. My eye is now twitching like yours. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I passed it on. Um. So we met with Jessica to talk about what we wanted and how we could make the surgery align more closely with our desires for birth. We checked in, and I got hooked up to two fetal heart monitors and a contraction monitor. It turns out that I was having contractions every two minutes, lasting for approximately 20 seconds each. To me, they simply felt like Braxton Hicks I'd been having for the last month. (laughs) 
The nurse began prepping me for surgery, which couldn't begin until 11 p.m. as I'd eaten around 5 p.m. Oh, man. Yeah, so they decided to not let her have a C-section until after her food had digested I'm a little so bit. I'm so glad they did that. So Dr. Lane came in with an ultrasound machine to verify presentation. This is where things get crazy. They get a little nuts. Baby A was indeed still breached with a foot sticking down. He mentioned almost in passing that he had done breech babies before. I latched on to that, though, and asked if we could try Pitocin to see if I could still have the babies vaginally. Wait, can you just imagine so, some of those hospitalist faces? So do- first she just says, this is my remembrance. First she just says, so what happens if I have the babies before my C-section? And he's like, oh, well, I would try and deliver them if it happens before your C-section. And I'm like sitting oh, there. I'm like yes. sitting there in my chair like, yeah, oh, like, my oh, God. Excuse me? Wow. And then she says, which I never would have told her to say, because right. to me it was like... It would be crazy. Completely like... Crazy time. It was like asking if I could fly to the moon right, right now. Right, Can you give me Pitocin to see if I will have the baby before my C-section? I, when you were texting me this, I was like, no. So she asked that question, and I'm like... Silly <laughs> 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 And Dr. Yeah. Lane goes, yeah, I don't see why not. Oh, oh I'm and sure I they s- were flipping their shit. I swear. My jaw just went like, was there, what the? Was there a nurse in there? Yeah. What did, the what did she say? Yeah, what I, was her face I like? I actually don't remember. Oh. I was stuck in my, I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. And so he didn't even just give her the amount of pit to make it look like he was doing something. He started her on full out pit going up yeah. every 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was yes. like, they are actually... He's doing. He's doing it. He's all in. They're My eyes are switching so much right now. I'm so excited by this story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever heard this story, actually. I don't it's cool. know if I can yes. explain how shocked I was. No, it's not often we see an OB that truly just trusts. Trust yeah. birth. Which he yeah. always he always did. Yeah. yeah. She, it was not her first baby. So. Yeah. yeah and he helpful. knew that she had, like what they call a proven pelvis and um that she had fast births i just couldn't believe it when you were texting me i'm like shut up yeah shut up i couldn't believe it (laughs) so he said the risk of cord prolapse was still there and if that happened it would necessitate an emergency c-section where i would be knocked out there was a risk that was a risk i was willing to take although with how fast she was birthing even if she did have a yeah i might have even just resolved quickly enough mattered okay 8 p.m uh, Pitocin drip started. Contractions are still about two minutes apart. I'm not feeling them very much. I labor standing next to the hospital bed, talking and joking with John and Jess. 10 p.m. I was not tired of standing on my feet. And what time was the C-section scheduled? 11. For? <laughs> I get in the bed with it. This I, can we make this into a movie? Yep. This know. is just like straight up action right I now. It. I get in the bed in a sitting position, and suddenly my water breaks, and we're like, Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Because we know as soon as her water breaks, it's like bam. I sat there for a little bit, then stood up on the other side of the bed so they could. Remove Did the doctor the wet come sheets. in at that point to check for prolapse? Mm, I cannot remember. I probably a nurse did. And then the contractions hit me like a freight train. I went from feeling pretty good to holding on to my husband for dear life. They were one after another, after another. It was similar to my previous la- labors, but ratcheted up a notch. 10.30 p.m. I was back on the bed, laying on my back with my knees up. My hands had a death grip on the bed rails. They were my anchor. John was right there where I could see him, where I could see his encouragement. Dr. Lane checked me and told me that I could try pushing whenever I wanted to. I didn't yet feel there, so a few contractions passed. 
Then I felt the need to bear down. Yes. 10.42. 10.42? A few pushes later, a and a round bottom appeared. So the baby's foot actually... Wasn't... Oh, it wasn't footling it in the end. Oh. The baby pulled up its leg and came out complete... Bre- um, Frank. Frank breach. Mm-hmm. Um, a round bottom appeared, followed very quickly by the rest of the body. So this breach baby came out so quickly, like... And just shoot out. And they crowded the room full of people because how many people in yeah, the hospital have, have ever seen, seen a, a breach birth yeah. and then a breach twin so birth? she did lose all privacy. Yes. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of people in there. I but that breach baby. I was going to say, I'd be like in the back. Like, yeah. I'd be that in. breach baby Rock literally honey. flew out of her. Um, so she said, um, Followed very quickly by the rest of the body. We had a baby girl. She lay there for a bit. The cord was cut, and she was passed to me. She was perfect. Dr. Lane broke the other water bag and reminded me that I wasn't done yet. Contraction came again. I focused and began pushing. 10.50 p.m. with my daughter on my chest. I focused on bearing down and pushing once more. This time, the smooth head appeared, and my son popped out. I even got to be the one to cut his cord. Two babies, two tiny, perfect little beings, were now out in the world. So cool. After all the uncertainty, the worry, and the stress, we had our birth. It definitely didn't follow any prescribed pregnancy or birth plan, but every decision along the way was made to fully utilize our resources. Twins born vaginally with a breech baby A is a medical anomaly in today's world, but it shows how powerful and capable women can be when properly informed, willing to bend, and trusted to make their own decisions. I'm truly grateful to both Misty and Emily for sticking with me, Jess for coming to the hospital with us, as well as Dr. Lane for facilitating their birth. Yes, that's such a beautiful story. Ooh, I've got like goosebumps too. too. And I I would like to say like Dr. Lane is no longer with us. That was a big loss. Not that long ago. It was a big loss because he was definitely one of like one of those old school trust in birth. He was not perfect. But yeah. He was probably one of the best. He definitely. Um, he trusted women and like listened to them and their did. bodies. That's just it. Like he had, he had um, trust in women and what they could do, and he would stand back. His face never changed, um, but his eyes would twinkle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, yeah. 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 He. Um, I will never forget this birth that we did with him where the mom did not want any intervention at all after the baby was born. And so the baby came out and had a like multiple cords. So instead of like touching the actual cord, he just like did this beautiful dance with the baby. Yeah. And, um, everybody else in the room was like this standing over the baby, like wanting to intervene and like wanting to start resuscitation. And he, they, he like literally put his hand up and was like, she said no intervention. He protected Yeah. And I mean, it took a little bit longer than I, even I kind of felt comfortable with, but baby came around and the mom got what she wanted and he fully protected that space for her. And it was really cool. Awesome. So this episode got really long, but I think that we needed it though. It was worth it. I would say it was really long, but really good. I think your phone's dying. (laughs) Uh, My phone's like, and you're right. This was too long. I'm done. So like, I just want to say like, as we close out our episode, like keep sending us your birth stories and like cheers to moms who have informed consent and take responsibility for their births and know what they want and they fight for it. And I'm so I'm so privileged every time I get to stand next to a mom like that and yeah. help her while she's having her baby. Yeah. Well said. Hold in space. Hold in space. So the cheers. only thing, other thing we have to say is cheers. cheers. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot.
small price to pay. We've broken lots of glasses before.